What's good everyone, my name is Jacob Moses, and welcome to another episode of the Not Boring Tech Writer, where in each episode, we focus on a different skill that you can learn to enhance your skill set, improve your marketability, diversify your career, and ultimately break the stereotype that technical writing is a boring career. This episode's skill, nudging users to action through contextual help. As technical writers, we help users learn a process or complete a particular task. And we offer this help in several ways, including documentation, video tutorials, or learning management systems. But get this, through gentle nudges and clues throughout the user's journey, technical writers can help users achieve their goal without having to refer to the help resources. How, you ask? Through contextual help, the microcopy, in-app guides, and info tips that developers and user experience designers include in their product to guide users throughout their journeys. You've seen examples of contextual help. Think about the copy that appears below freeform fields instructing you which content to enter, or arrows guiding you through a new interface. This is contextual help, and you, the technical writer, are best equipped to create it for your company. That's why in this episode, we have Casey Ewing on the podcast, fellow alum of the University of North Texas and tech writer out of Austin, Texas, though soon moving to Brooklyn, New York, to begin a new tech writing gig with Bloomberg. Casey has created several forms of help resources, including contextual help for her employer, and in this episode, shares the skills you need to excel in creating contextual help for your own employer, including how to position yourself in the user experience process, how to practice your contextual help writing, and where to find the best examples of contextual help. Big shout out to Knowledge Owl, a wonderful knowledge-based software product for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer. And I hope you all enjoy this episode. Hey there, Casey. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How's life in Austin? Uh, it's pretty good. It's very hot, but um, yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I'm. You know, as you know, I'm just right down the road from you in Denton, and thankfully a little cooler these days. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. And, and now you were on the move, correct? You got a new gig going down in New York. Can you tell listeners a little bit about that? That's true. Sure. Yes. I've just accepted a new position um, at Bloomberg where I'll be writing help content for the Bloomberg terminal, which is um, it's a software that provides like financial market data and analytics um, to market participants like stock traders. Yeah. Yeah. Casey, that's so cool. Yeah. Well, Casey, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. We have a great skill to discuss together and that is nudging users to action through contextual help. So I imagine um, talking a little bit about um, UI d- uh, documentation, microcopy. I'm um, mm-hmm. really excited to have this conversation. Before we dig in, um, I would love listeners to get to know you a little bit better and your experience as a tech writer. I know you said you're about to head off to New York, do some great work um, over at Bloomberg. Mm-hmm. Could you give listeners an idea of the kind of work you've been doing before then, up to this point? 
Sure. Um, and I'll give you a little background too. So I kind of came that sounds to, good. yeah, I kind of came to technical writing um, through a little bit of a non-traditional uh, route. I was a pastry chef for many years. Wow. Um, and so when I was doing that work, um, I actually really discovered that I, I got the opportunity to do some recipe writing and really discovered that I loved doing that. And so that's very similar to, to technical writing. I mean, I would even say that it is technical writing. Um, yeah. You're doc- documenting a process, you know, you're using steps and, uh, you know, you kind of have to think about the user in their home and what tools they would have or not have that you, yeah. you might in your commercial kitchen. So that's kind of how um, I decided I wanted to, to try technical writing because I liked that a lot. Um, so then, What I was, was your go-to pastry whenever ooh. you're working as a pastry chef? That's a good question. Um, I really like to make pies. So one of nice. like my favorite pies that I ever made was like an apple pie with like salted caramel and like Ooh. a rose, rose whipped cream. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, since then, since I got out of the pastry world, I've been um, doing just all kinds of technical writing, uh, mostly in the software space. So doing online help articles, release notes, um, some API documentation, and then also um, more recently, doing more UI content and contextual help, such as info tips, error messages, notifications, things like that. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit more about this skill of contextual help. For listeners who may be new to tech writing, perhaps they're um, has been most of the time doing more traditional tech writing, whether that's manual software documentation, and maybe aren't familiar with contextual help, such as UI copy. Um, how would you explain it to folk? Sure. Um, so I feel like it's a little bit of an emerging area of technical communication. So I've heard it described many ways. Some people call it microcopy. Um, yeah. I've heard contextual help. Um, Madcap Flair calls it context-sensitive help. Hmm. So, but this is just um, things that are integrated into an application, like an info tip where a user hovers over an element um, and an overlay displays with some text about how to use or interact with that element. Um, also things like guided tutorials when you log into an app for the first time or use a feature for the first time and it walks you through how to use it. Um, and so things like this, like the info tips can often be like single source from more cool. in-depth uh, help articles. Um, and then, but really any text within an application I would say is, is fair game for tech writers. Um, so yeah. And I'm curious, Casey, who usually writes this kind of microcopy, whichever term they use? You know, I think about my very first employer, Rainmaker Digital. This was reserved. So it, of course, went through development. Developers were knocking out the UI. And then we had our marketing folk write the UI copy. In, in your experience, who's usually in charge of writing this copy? Mm-hmm. So I see it's kind of um, it's kind of all over the map uh, from what I've seen. I've I've often seen um, marketing writers write it also, but sometimes I've seen developers or UX designers creating this content as well. Um, I think it kind of depends on the company and what kind of staff they have and things like that. But um, yeah, I think think some types of contextual help are, or UI content are often fall to the tech writer, such as error messages and tips. But, um, But I think really, um, being that we're already kind of in that space, like helping with those kind of things, I think really like all of the UI content is something that, you know, tech writers can provide a lot of value. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. I know the, the skill we're focusing on is, you know, nudging users to action through this contextual help. I can imagine, you know, the tech writer, if it's his or her job to knock out this contextual help, you know, they best understand these different kinds of features, how the users are actually using them. I can imagine the tech writer really being able to take over this kind of role and maybe even help the user from having to, you know, have to dig into the software documentation and try to find the exact thing that they're looking for. Have you found that this contextual help can kind of help, you know, help the user not have to dig into documentation and be able to stay on the screen that they're working on to knock out what they want to achieve? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's the hope I think as users, um, you know, are are more. I guess I feel like as a as a culture, as a society, our attention spans are waning. So, sure. I think any way that you can kind of just like help them, like you said, give like the nudges that they need right there in the yeah. application. Um, and I think too, like you know, if you're advocating for yourself as a tech writer, which we often have to do, um, mm-hmm. right? I think product uh, product people tend to see the value in that when it's you know, right there and easily accessible too. Yeah. In your experience, Casey, doing some of this micro copy, at what point did you find yourself a part of the conversation about how the UI is to be displayed? You know, I think about my past experiences as a tech writer, you know, I didn't see the eventual UI for a new release until like maybe a handful of days before it was supposed to come out. And then Mm -hmm. I have to update all the screenshots and rewrite any documentation in case the UI changed. If a tech writer is listening to this and he or she sees themselves as someone who can achieve in doing some of this microcopier, maybe it's a, a void at the time and they want to step up and fill it, how do you think they best present themselves as someone who wants to take a shot at this microcopy and kind of fit themselves in this conversation early on as development is working out any new releases? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think for me, there was kind of in my previous company kind of um, a void there. So what um, really helped me, I think, was building a a strong relationship with UX design team because they had taken an interest in kind of um, making some standards around voice and tone and things like that for the text in the application. And so they had um, reached out to our team just kind of, you know, wanting some advice about that voice and tone but I think yeah. I think um, basically yeah building relationships with you know whoever at your company is is doing that kind of work or might be interested in that kind of work um, I think sometimes I've seen you know developers too who are um, you know in charge of the text for their parts so just you know I guess making yourself known that you're available and just kind of yeah. trying to slowly build that relationship um, was how it worked for me so so I'm curious to hear from you, Casey. What do you think makes an exceptional bit of microcopy? Because I know, like, like listeners, this is like a handful of words, like maybe like maybe a dozen words at top. So you really have to be fantastic at you know writing short, brief, strong copy. In your experience, and I know this, of course, differs based on the feature. But is there a general theme that you see in really exceptional contextual help copy? Mm-hmm. So I think there tends to be this idea that like those who create and design products are 
are meant to delight the user and technical writers are just meant to like instruct on how to use mm -hmm. them. But I think really great like technical writing can really do a lot to delight the user. Like um, one example I think is really great is TurboTax. I don't know if anyone oh, yes. recently, but um, yes. they have really integrated contextual help. So if you're on a screen and you don't know how to proceed, they'll usually have some text that provides um, a uh, link you can click on and it'll open a right-hand pane that will um, provide more, it's more like a traditional help article, but still somewhat short. Um, yeah. So I think I think one thing though, going back to kind of the, the writing, it's like a little bit of a different writing muscle to flex sure. I've been doing that UI content. So I think one thing that has been helpful to me is being okay with taking on a little bit more of this conversational, maybe a slightly marketing-y tone at times. Cool. Um, so one one book that I found um, really useful is called um, Microcopy, The Complete Guide. Um, what was the latter part? Microcopy, what guide? I'll make yeah, a note of that. Complete, yeah, Microcopy, The Complete, the complete guide. guide, perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it just provides kind of useful advice on all the different kinds of microcopy that you might want to create and things like that. So Interesting. And listeners, I'll make sure to include um, a link to this book title, Microcopy the Complete Guide, in the show notes. Mm -hmm. So all of you can check it out. I would include a link to a place to see TurboTax's microcopy. But I think I've already knocked out my taxes for the year, or at least I hope. Hopefully, I have. Um, but that's a great point. I know anytime I get stumped there, doing my taxes, it feels so natural just to move on to the next step, despite not having really any serious knowledge about yeah. how the process works. Yeah, I think it's a it's, and that's one of those things too, where it's it's a thing that everyone hates, right? Doing their taxes and and the help you know, the great context help in this case makes it really like less painful. And yeah. so I think it does a lot to increase like brand loyalty and just really the brand experience. I can totally see that. Yeah. Tell me more a little bit about this book, Casey, and the different types of examples of microcopy that you discovered. Because I know myself admittedly, like really all I think about is just, you know, maybe a little uh, field where you're supposed to enter particular information. And then maybe just some microcopy that reminds you, hey, this is where you put your first name or this is where you explain this particular thing that you want. But I imagine this complete guide really digs into a lot of other microcopy that listeners maybe aren't even familiar with. Looking back at that book, were there any examples that surprised you? Um, that's a good question. So I think, um, I think mainly it's just that like, I found when I've been working on um, some of the microcopy things that I haven't usually been asked about, but I always, you know, notice when I'm looking at applications, uh, the text, you know, so is uh, things just like the descriptions of a field or um, yeah. notifications that the user will get, um, like if they, um, you know, do something incorrectly and the notification pops up to let them know what they did. Um, cool. Menu copy as well was one thing that. I hadn't thought a lot about like the naming of menu options. Uh, we don't typically get asked that, but I think technical yeah. writers should be like great to to help out with those kind of things since we think about those things usually in terms of our own help if we're you know, creating online helps or things like that. So absolutely, and listeners, if the conversation of user experience design is new to you, um, we have a really excellent episode back in the archives episode. I think it's four 
um, with the only name Autumn Hood, who happens to be another UNT alumni like Casey and I, um, discussing um, just how best to understand user experience design. So if you're curious, really good episode to look back on um, to complement this great message that Casey's sharing. Um, thinking more about contextual help and the different examples that you gave Casey kind of jogged my memory. Um, at Rainmaker Digital, we use this really cool software um, called Walk Me. So it was the, the coolest thing. So you'd actually create these like on-screen steps that users could take um, to achieve w- whatever they wanted to do throughout the platform. So for example, um, our main product was the Rainmaker platform. Um, it was a complete content, ma- um, content marketing system built on the WordPress framework. And say, you know, you go to the help documentation, you type in, you know, I want to create a podcast episode. So you could create something that would start a walk me and it would point to, hey, click contents, you click it. And then the next little on screen tip would come up that says, click a new podcast episode with an arrow, click that. And our users ended up really enjoying it. Um, I'm not sure how accessible um, of a product it is for um, small tech writing teams. But for us, it was a really great product that people really resonated with. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of great um, help content um, in that same kind of uh, same kind of system. Um, I think at my previous company, we were starting to use um, a software called Pendo, where you can it, it it does analytics kind of like Google Analytics, but um, you can also do like in-app guides and tutorials with it. So it sounds kind of similar, and um, yeah, definitely, I think our customers are really liking that. Um, yeah, that's awesome, Casey. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned before how you know the tech writer truly is one of the best fits to fill this role um, with his or her employer, mm-hmm. and I totally agree because this this is a form of help documentation, you know. And I think maybe the tech writer may think you know like no, like I can just send people to the documentation; they can learn how to knock stuff out there. But what a great way to like give little nudges, little hints about um, what they hope to achieve through a particular product. Um, through microcopy, I can really imagine this working out well. And I bet it'd be fun to, you know, kind of test out your marketing language um, and to get a little fun with it. I know I always think about um, Slack, their release notes. They do an excellent job of, you know, incorporating, of course, the technical side of whatever is included in the new release but they introduce humor. There's really fun cadence and rhythm to their release notes. So I imagine it'd be a really good fit for the tech writer who, of course, knows the technical side of the product, thus can create really helpful microcopy. But also, you know, let's test out a little bit of my own interests as a writer. It seems like a really nice marriage between the two. Yeah, absolutely. I find it really, really fun to write. And yeah, it's... um because you do know the technical side, so you can kind of provide both of that conversational tone, but also, you know, you already have your minimalist writing practices that you're used to, so that helps with, you know, the small amount of real estate that you get to deliver that content. Um, yes. So, yeah, I, think that's I love that, Casey. Yeah. Do any other necessary skills come to mind that a tech writer um, should consider working on to really excel at microcopy. You know, we know that everyone listening to this is already a fantastic writer. If they're working in software, they probably best understand, they really understand their product. But of course, you know, 
it's different to be going from writing instructional manuals or different kinds of software documentation to writing these really effective one-liners. Do any other skills come to mind that you recommend a tech writer acquire to really excel at this? So I think for me, it's it's mostly just that um, that voice and tone piece, and yeah. and having. So I think one thing that's helped me too is just by reading um, any of the marketing writing or just other texts. Oh, good within, idea. Yeah, just other texts within the application um, to get you know a sense of that tone and try to mimic it and. I also just find that, um, you know, like oftentimes if I have a question about how, you know, marketing might refer to something, you know, just kind of relying on those relationships that I have with the marketing writers, you know, it's like, hey, how would you refer to this? And um, just workshopping things a little bit with them. Have you found, Casey, that marketers call a particular feature a different name than the tech writers? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Sometimes I feel like we have to we talk around each other a little till we figure out words. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That that we ran into that at Rainmaker Digital too because the the marketers did an excellent job with the UI copy, but it turns out that we were calling something completely different in the documentation, which of course we dealt once. That's not very helpful for the user. Right. But if That's we can... another another reason why tech writers would be good. True. Yeah. Very true, Casey. Very true. Well, Casey, this has been an absolute joy. I appreciate you sharing your experiences with us. I know we're all rooting for you as you move up to New York and start this new gig with Bloomberg. Do you know which which borough you're moving into yet? Do you know your neighborhood? Um, well, so I'm not not totally new to New York. I did live there when I was a pastry chef, so I always lived okay. in Brooklyn. So I'm thinking nice. about Brooklyn again. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, make sure to get connected with the Write the Docs folk up there. I think they have a pretty popular chapter in New York that does a lot of excellent work good crew to connect with. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, Casey, thank you again. This has been so much fun. If anyone wants to connect with you, learn more about all the great work you're doing, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn and then I'm on Twitter at um, Bright Right Flight. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Very good. Well, listeners, in the show notes below this player, we will include a link to the book Casey mentioned, Microcopy, The Complete Guide. I'll link to Walk Me, um, just the on, on-screen um, help tool I mentioned. We'll link to Pendo, and then also Casey's LinkedIn and Twitter, so you all can get connected. Casey, thank you. This has been fun. I hope you have a lovely day, and we will chat very soon. Thank you so much. Thanks, Casey. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Knowledge Owl, creators of the wonderful knowledge-based software for sponsoring the Not Boring Tech Writer podcast. And thanks so much to each of you for listening to this episode. Talk soon.